Welcome to the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast, a podcast for small business owners who are looking to drive profits, improve cash flow, save tax, and run a better business. When I was playing football years ago, my football coach gave me some great advice. Get to the contest and the rest of your game will follow. The message was clear. Focus on what's important and the results will look after themselves. Running a small business can be hard and full of distractions, so please enjoy the show as we help you to ignore the noise and focus on what you need to know so that you can get to the contest in your small business. So I'd like to welcome our next guest to the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. We've got Mitch Griffiths from Rapti Griffiths Insolvency. Uh, Now Mitch uh, is a director uh, of a firm which helps out struggling businesses. So today we're going to have a bit of a chat about what Mitch has used to drive his business's success and then also to to get his um, interpretation or, or his ideas around what small business owners who perhaps are struggling, what they can do and what they shouldn't do and what they should be doing to avoid getting into distress. So welcome to the podcast, Mitch. Yeah, thanks, Warwick, and um, thanks for having me this morning. It's, it's good to be here. So, mate, before we get into the specifics of of uh, you know businesses in crisis I'm really interested obviously you've got a successful business there um, we've done a lot of work together over the sort of the last five years or so tell us a bit where do you work now and what type of work have you done most recently yeah I'm a I'm a partner in a insolvency advisory and turnaround firm we're called Rapsy Griffiths I have a fellow director Chad Rapsy um, we have about 15 staff at our firm. We're chartered accountants, qualified, but we only specialise in helping people in financial difficulties. So we're both registered bankruptcy trustees and registered liquidators. Um, right. We do everything from the one-man tradesperson up to business that turn over about $30 million. Okay. But again, so whilst you're a chartered accountant like myself, you don't get involved too much in the the day-to-day stuff that we might be, such as, you know, helping clients with their wealth, self-managed super, uh, their activity statement lodgements and forecasts and the like. Your, mainly, your, your niche is businesses in distress and either helping them to get out of distress or helping the owners to have a soft landing. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's correct. We don't touch anything that let's call your traditional accountant would touch. We only deal with um, people that are struggling with debt. So with your role, you you, you head out and uh, you see a lot of struggling businesses, sadly. Um, so what I'd imagine that could be fairly challenging. What, what are some of the, the most rewarding parts of your job? And also, what are the, some of the most stressful parts of your job? Probably the most rewarding part is that usually how we work is an accountant such as yourself will give us a phone call and say, look, um, I've got a client that I think needs your assistance. Um, When someone walks into that meeting, um, they're usually quite stressed because um, they've been dealing with the debt hanging over their head for quite a while or or something else that's happened in their business. What we do, we get into that meeting and give them a plan and give them a way out the most rewarding part of that, they walk away and you can see it on their face. They walk away with a, okay, we've got a plan now. We need to do X, Y, Z, or alternatively, we're going to close the doors and we're going to get on with life. Um, that's the most rewarding part for me. Yeah, and, I, and I, I've obviously been a part of a few of those meetings and, and sometimes the fear of the unknown 
is just that's what puts the weight of the world on the shoulders of, of, of people and, and and as you've said having a plan to to come out of that situation whether it's to to come out stronger than ever or whether it's closing the doors of the business and and starting again um, but just having a plan means that there's less uncertainty which is a real driver of of stress in, in from what I've seen anyway. Now, mate, this is the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. So Get to the Contest, uh, what's your version of Get to the Contest? I've got, I've got a few there, Woke. My, the, the biggest one is be prepared. Um, if I'm going to um, consult to someone, I'm prepared prior to the meeting um, every time I'm, I'm dealing with someone, I'm, I'm on, I'm giving it my all. Um, set goals and plan, but don't be afraid to deviate. So if you think, look, I've done it on a number of occasions, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to do it, but you get halfway through, and if it's not working, I need to adapt. Um, so I'll do that. And don't get caught up with all the noise. You can. There's a lot of information out there. Um, pick something that you think works for you and do it. I love it, mate. Ignore the noise. Don't be afraid to be agile and always be on, giving it your all. Yes. Yeah. Awesome, mate. And, and that is obviously most of our listeners won't be insolvency practitioners. Uh, however, that you take that, that, that is transferable to any small business. So... Awesome advice, mate. Love it. What's the best piece of advice you've been given or that you have, you know, perhaps seen given to someone else and, and, and why? Uh, yeah, the, the biggest, my major one is do what you do and do it well. So in our business, we get asked to do all sorts of, of things. And I, and I go back to we deal with people that are having financial difficulties. We don't do, you know forensic reports and all this sort of stuff we just do turnaround and insolvency so i've heard it be termed before um diversification so you spread yourself too thin and you really lose sight of what you're what you're doing and who you are so do what you do and do it well um the other one don't take on a, a matter or a job for the sake of it, um, the easy jobs and the like might seem easy, um, but in the end of at the end of the day, um, these people seem to take up the most of your time. Um, that and probably in, into that is a little bit. If it doesn't really feel right, it's not right. If it doesn't start um, past the sniff test, don't do it. So that, that's the best advice I've been given. And what was that you said? D- diversification. Oh. Yeah, d- diversification. So. Typically, we see a lot, um, someone's got a good business um, kicking along and they try to jump into other areas that they're probably not as skilled at um, and they, instead of diversifying, they actually diversify. So they've got a successful business, um, they jump over, they think everything touches that they touch turns to gold and they bring the whole um Chip down. Yeah, I, mate, I, that's a great saying. I, I really like it, and and no doubt you've seen it. I've seen it. People that are really good in their particular area, and then they get the idea that they can go and become a property developer, or they can go and become uh, a retail. They can go and run a, run a hair salon or something like that. That's completely. Out. They might might have been a plumber or a, or a lawyer, 
and they, they've just got this side business because they, they've never experienced failure because they were really good at what they did, but there's just no no sort of transferable skills across to the, that new new area. Yeah, and what what that does it takes it takes your eye off the ball on the main game. Say you are a lawyer or you're a a plumber and you go open a retail shop, you should just be plumbing or lawyering, not um, diversification. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to uh, I'm going to run with that line. I, I love it. I've never had it before, so great. I'm going to use that, Mitch. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, mate, I'll, 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 I'll take I'll credit, credit you occasionally. Um, <laughs> so in your business, you, you've 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 done quite well. What's what's the best decision you've made? Probably the best decision we've made. Well, it's pretty simple. Starting my own business. So I was part a. Um, of a large multidiscipline accounting firm, Chad Rapsey and I decided decided to start our own business, and that's the that's the best decision we've ever made. Um, having a crack, love it. So have, getting out there, having a crack. Um, no, no doubt, there was a few stressful times, like any small business starting out, and there still are. Yeah, um, still is. I'd imagine you know the rewards, the the freedom that comes with that. Obviously, significant responsibility. Um, you you haven't looked back. Now, just I yeah, always yeah, like to on. just sort of get a little bit of a feel for some of the the more unusual transactions that that people have been involved in, in involved with professionally. You guys are always, you know, you're a modern business. You're always on the road, out seeing clients. I'd imagine technology is a, a major piece of of your business, and and even from now, um, how you run your business to even as recently as three to five years ago. I'd imagine a lot's changed. So what, what bit of tech can't you live without? Oh, simple, the phone and the calendar. I've, I've been using an app called Microsoft To Do lately. It's a, it's a cloud app that you just add lists, add to your to-do lists. So I'm pretty massive on that at the moment. I'm a big lister. I, I, work, I come in in the morning and I work through my list. So. You're a relatively young man, but... What advice would you give yourself from 20 years ago? So I'd imagine you would have been in high school around about that time. Yeah, yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. Um, In the past, I've, you know, going going over tiny little details and that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't, unless it's catastrophic, it doesn't matter. Um, Your business will move forward. Yep, great. Great. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Focus on what's important, get the big stuff done and everything will look after itself. Some yeah. of the people listening uh, are going to be small business owners who may have friends or they, they, they might have a business themselves that, that's struggling. If you, if you look at a, a person's business and they've got two or three of these symptoms or, or maybe more that you think, well, hang on, there's, there's something not quite right there. Yeah, well, the, f- the first one is records and not knowing where they are financially. So not having... Accurate, up-to-date financials is a big one. We go into a lot of businesses and we're asking people, oh, did you make a profit last month? And the answer we get is, I don't know. I think, oh, yeah, I think. But the the businesses, and especially small businesses, need to have up-to-date financial information and really going to that, that having it there live. So at any stage... You can jump onto your zero or whatever accounting package you use and say, oh, okay, yep, you know, we made a profit this month or, you know, we're going to have some cash issues in three weeks because, you know, we're waiting on debtors and that sort of stuff. 
and and if I could just add to that, I know there, Mitch, you you just said up to date financials, so you can run a run a report that actually tells you if you made money last month. Up to date financials is not oh well, our bass is lodged. The bad to, and that's uh, something I always try to impart with our clients. A bass and your tax returns, they're 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 a requirement and they need to be done. They need to be on, done on time and they need to be paid on time, ideally. But that is, that's not where the job stops. I think people are missing a great opportunity to actually understand their business if they're not using it, uh, using the numbers and to know their business. And Because typically the numbers will tell a story both, both about the past but also about the future. Um, I'm glad that you, you, you touched on that, not from a compliance point of view, but from just, hey, how are we going? Um, any, any other typical signs? That, um... uh, look, a bit of, from an attitude thing and a behavioural standpoint, the head in the sand attitude that we're having some financial issues, oh, look, I'll just keep trucking along and it'll go away. People need to seek advice and seek it early. Um, if you think you're struggling, um, go and have a chat to your accountant he'll easily be able to tell you, yeah, you, sh- you could have some issues here yep. or, you know, um, go and do X, Y, Z and get it sorted. That's our major message to anyone we meet and, and to the accountants we deal with is encourage your clients to get early advice. Definitely. Um, so much can be done beforehand or during, but after, if, it's, if it's left too late, it's, it's, you wouldn't not go to a doctor if you were sick until the very, you know, until you're on your deathbed, right? There's a lot. Yeah, that that's a great analogy. So, so let's just talk about um, businesses that are in crisis. And we, this, this is a really broad area, so we won't go too deep into it, mate. But exposure of owners under various structures. So the typical ones that we, well, the main ones, obviously, sole trader, partnership, company, or a trust. In you know, if, can you give us your brief overview of your preferred structures and exposures? From my point of view. The best structure you could be in is some sort of company structure. It allows, given the company separate to the individual, if that business fails, you can place that into liquidation and the majority of the time, subject to a few different um, variables, you can walk away from your debts. In contrast, if you're a sole trader or a partnership, um, it's you carrying on that business with your assets, mainly, you know, your own home is at risk whilst carrying on as a partnership or a sole trader. If you're a company, um, you know, the risk to losing your home is Great. dramatically and reduced. To me, it's, it's just a cheap insurance policy, right? Like the, the, the cost of setting up a company, you know, you might be looking a couple of grand at, at most and the, the additional cost in doing the, the accounting piece, uh, the accounting and bookkeeping side of things is, is, going to be about the same as what an insurance policy would be. So, um, you know, 1000 2000 bucks extra to what you'd otherwise be paying. Protecting the family home is, is that's fairly typical of, of the number one thing that I'd imagine when people come to see you, that's like how do, how yeah, do, exactly. the how number do we get one, out of this and, and not, not lose the home? People, and, you know, I, I probably do personally, you have a very, very emotional attachment to your own home. So... Um, we get a lot of people come to us and just say, look, all I want to achieve here is I want to keep my home. I can go get another job. I can lose the car. I can do this and I can do that, but we'd love to try to um, keep the home. So in, in light of that, 
what are um, what steps can we take before you know even at, at the outset of business before we've we've even made a single sale but we, we want to go into business or we might be in business now everything's going okay but we want to protect ourselves because stuff happens um, often out of our control um, what are half a dozen things or, or key strategies that you would use in conjunction with or you suggest people use in conjunction with their accountant to to protect whatever they've got yeah I, I probably might I might flip that question if you don't mind Warwick and say what not to do um, yeah great what what not to do the big my number one don't do is if your business is struggling and you're a company um, do not borrow on your home loan to throw more money in if you don't have a valid plan or a valid turnaround plan to use that money wisely. So, you know, you need to fix, prior to putting any money in, um, personally, you need to fix the leaky boat, which is the, is the business losing money. So, you know, property prices are quite strong. At the moment, a lot of people would have equity in their homes. Um, the business is going bad. Don't just say, oh, I can borrow 100 grand and I'll throw it into the business because if you're losing money, that 100 grand grows goes extremely quickly. Um, so. Yes, and, and, and you're losing all the benefit of the company, the, having a company which is the whole idea was to protect your home. You're just putting your home at risk for that additional 100 grand worth of equity. Yeah, correct. Um, and I'll touch the next one. I'll touch on is that don't ignore every don't ignore warning signs. Don't don't put your head in the sand. Um, it's on you know. And for some people, it's a pride thing, um, which is difficult. We're all very proud of our business and that sort of stuff. So if you've got an issue, throw your hand up, go see your accountant and have a chat. Um, is a big one. The other thing is. Making sure, um, and this is a to-do, make sure you lodge your basses. Um, if, you're, if you're a company, um, if your basses are lodged on time, you can protect yourself from personal liability. What if I can't pay them? Oh, that, that's not a major issue. Um, the, from the ATO's standpoint is that they want everyone to lodge so they know what debt everyone has. So... Um, if you lodge, you can prevent yourself being personally liable. Great. So basically, if we're lodging on time, uh, the debts on our BAS, which let's face it, that, that's often a sign of a business that's struggling, that they, they can't pay their, or they're not lodging BAS. But if they're lodging on time, uh, they will be protected from personal exposure as a director or, or much better protected. Yeah, correct. So if you, if you 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 need to lodge your bass within three months months of the due date to avoid um, personal liability. I won't go into it because it's quite a technical area. But the message is, but lodge, lodge lodge. Don't stick your head in the sand. Just get get something done because even if the ATO does start to chase you, we can um, well you're going to be protected if if you have to go down the path of, of a a liquidation type process again on, yes, on this is on the assumption that we're a, a company or a trust type structure um running a partnership or or sole trader business uh doesn't we're, you're already on the we're, hook. we're already on the hook there so 
Um, if, if I may be so bold as to add there, I might add number four is don't trade as a sole trader or partnership unless you've got a very explicit reason to do so. And again, that, that would be having a chat with your accountant from the outset. Um, any, any other tips of what to do or not to do? Oh, what to do, um, keep your financial records up to date. Um, information is extremely powerful when making decisions. Look at it this way. How are you going to make a decision to offer a new service line or a new product if you don't know what cash you have available, how you perform this year, how you look in a year's time? Very, very difficult. Um, so a plan... Yep. Strong financials are, are a must. What what are the, or I'm just not feeling great about the business. What do I need to do? How do I get in touch with you? Or what what are the steps to? Oh, uh, look, I, I think the first thing, you know, people need to do is if you've got a a strong accountant, go and see your accountant, have a chat to them, um, work out where you're at. Um, they'll be able to tell pretty quickly if you need. A, um, a chat around insolvency. They'll be able to give you advice to, as to what to do, what not to do. Um, and, yeah, it, it'll, it'll all roll from there. And just a simple chat. It might only be a half an hour update meeting. Say, hey, this is where we're at. What do you think? Um, your accountant will know um, and be aware of some of the telltale signs that you're in strife or you might be in strife in the future. Great. Mitch Griffiths. Thank you for being part of the Get to the Contest Small Business Podcast. Great. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Well, there you have it. My interview with insolvency expert Mitch Griffiths of Rapsy Griffiths Insolvency and Advisory. Now, Mitch had some great advice there, and here are a few of my takeaways. So first, his version of Get to the Contest is to always be prepared and be on. The second part was have a plan, be agile, but be prepared to adjust. And thirdly, ignore the noise. Now, I think that is exactly what the Get to the Contest means, but in, in Mitch's own words. So Mitch's success from coming at knowing what he's good at, what's important, and ignoring the noise. So if you can do that in your business, you are giving yourself every chance. A couple of other things that Mitch came up with that I think we should take note of. Do what you do and do it well. So be prepared to say no to projects that are not the right fit. This allows you to specialise and not, in Mitch's words, diversify. The work that you do and the business you become is defined often by what you say no to as much as what you say yes to. So work out what you're good at, work out what you want to be doing and be prepared to say no if it's not the right fit. Now, if you're a small business owner, number three was know your numbers. Always have up-to-date live records. If you are struggling... This means you can take action early. There is no point seeing someone like Mitch if you're 18 months down the track and you are out of money and your creditors or, or ATO is breathing down your neck. Take action early and you can turn your business around. Number four, sticking your head in the sand. Don't do it. We as business owners, we're very proud, but you are not giving yourself any service at all. Speak to your accountant early Speak to your suppliers, speak to the ATO. There is always a, a way out of these areas, but you must communicate with those key stakeholders. Number five was 
similar to number four, but stay close to your accountant and lodge on time. So in addition to speaking with your accountant, and obviously I'm a little biased, but we can help you analyse your figures and make sure that you jump on things early, realise trends and, and take action. But the other thing is lodging on time. So if you have ATO debt, you can be protected if you are lodging on time. So that includes paying your super or if you can't pay your super, lodging your late payment superannuation guarantee forms. Your accountant can help you with that. Certainly if your your business activity statements, if they are lodged within uh, three months of the due date, there are protections that come with being a company director that you will lose if you're lodging late. Which brings me to my final point Don't trade as a sole trader or a partnership, if at all possible. You are really exposed. So speak to your accountant if you're not sure, but given the choice, it's a really cheap insurance policy to have a company or a trust with a corporate trustee. You are significantly um, better protected. And in the event of a situation where you're looking at liquidation or having, having to wind the company up, you may well find that this is the difference between keeping your house, keeping the business or, or keeping key assets uh, versus losing the lot. Because when you're a sole trader or a partnership, there is no differentiation between your assets and the business assets. So there you go. A couple of really good points there from Mitch. So thanks for joining the podcast and we'll see you next time.